When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The most important part of burnout is that it's about yourself, but it's also about others. One of my New Year's resolutions was to be less burnt out. Maybe you can relate. You think, I'm going to better manage my stress this year. I'm going to make time for activities that I find nourishing and finally nail that work-life balance. But just a few weeks into January, I found myself hitting a wall. The sense of renewal of a new year didn't manifest. The burnout I felt from 2023 had followed me all the way into February. Burnout feels like something that descends upon you and then is impossible to shake off. A 2021 study found that around three in five employees felt symptoms of burnout and COVID didn't make it easier. More people found that their lives were getting more unmanageable during the pandemic, not less. When my resolution to fix my burnout with effort didn't work, I wanted to go back to the beginning of Burnout Story and understand what it is. I'm Shayla Love, and you're listening to Scientific American's Science Quickly. Today, we're revisiting the concept of burnout, a word people use to describe how they feel exhausted, psychically tired with their jobs that they may love, or drained by the other obligations in their never-ending to-do list. I didn't start out with any particular interest or plan to study burnout because I'd never heard about something like that. That's Christina Maslach, a professor emerita at the University of California, Berkeley, in the Interdisciplinary Center for Healthy Workplaces. I called her up because one of the main measurement tools for burnout is named after her, the Maslach Burnout Inventory, or MBI. And this was in um, the early to mid-70s. Her research was on how people manage strong emotions. So she decided to interview people such as emergency room doctors or police officers who dealt with intense work environments. When her conversations were coming to a close, people would often say, Can I tell you something else? Can I talk to you about this other thing? People shared that they were stressed, exhausted, and feeling disconnected. Christina didn't have a name for it, but one day, she met a woman who worked in poverty law. The woman said that in her world, this was called burnout. Christina brought this term to her subjects, and the response was immediate. How about burnout? Yes, that's it, you know, and it would be such an immediate reaction Around the same time, a psychologist named Herbert Freudenberger published a paper in 1974. It was about how he and some colleagues working in a free clinic started to respond to the workload and stress. People were starting to fail, wear out, or become exhausted by making excessive demands on energy, strength, or resources, he wrote. And it was happening to the most dedicated and committed people he knew. Christina continued to gather stories from people who felt the same way. When her first article came out about burnout in a popular science magazine called Human Behavior. That article went, in today's terms, viral. People were calling me. I was getting sacks full of mail, you know, snail mail, from people saying, oh my God, I just read it. I thought I was the only one. Burnout has clearly resonated for a long time. 
Hearing these older stories reminded me of the overwhelming response to writer Anne Helen Peterson's 2019 article on millennial burnout in BuzzFeed News. So many people I knew shared that article back and forth, asking each other, do you feel this way too? I kind of went numb. This is Anne describing how she felt to the psychologist Adam Grant. I didn't feel like anything was exciting that I wanted to cover. I didn't feel like I had any good ideas. I cried on Skype with my editor, which is very out of character for me. So what is this feeling that's been haunting us for decades? I've been working on burnout for the last 20 years. Anthony Montgomery is a professor of occupational and organizational psychology at Northumbria University in England. I asked him what we've learned about how burnout feels since the 70s when Christina and others first started circling around it. The first part is you feel overwhelmed and exhausted. The second part is you, you know, you've heightened feelings of cynicism and detached from the job. These play into the third quality, which is a sense of ineffectiveness. You, you feel like you're not accomplishing your work. Burnout is not a medical diagnosis, though there's overlap between burnout and conditions like depression or anxiety. It's a response to chronic conditions in which you are overworked and don't feel like you're making a difference or progressing. But here's maybe the most important part that's come out over the years. These feelings don't come from you alone. But the, mo- the most important component of burnout is not to keep it at the individual level. Burnout arises from your interaction with your circumstances and the environment. This is why individual interventions for burnout don't really work. The solution to burnout is not, as I tried, to make a personal resolution about it. It's actually to look outward and ask, why am I experiencing this? What about my job or interactions is leading to this feeling? Burnout as a concept means that there's something about the way your work is organized which is causing you burnout or which is, you know, provoking burnout uh, in yourself. So in a sense, the most important thing to do is for us to ask, you know, what is it about the way my work is arranged that is influencing the degree to which I feel burnt out? Honestly, this made me feel both better and worse. It finally made sense why I couldn't self-care my way out of burnout. But this was also disempowering. If my burnout comes from my interaction with the outside world and I can't fix the world, Will I be burnt out forever? Uh, burnout is the book that I needed. That's Amelia Nagoski. She wrote Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle with her sister Emily in 2018. She was getting her doctorate of musical arts in conducting and... I ended up in the hospital twice with stress-induced illness. And my sister, being Emily Nagoski, PhD, New York Times bestselling author, um, brought me stacks of peer-reviewed science because... You know, that's the love language in our family is peer review. Amelia tells me that at the same time as we recognize that burnout comes from our interactions with difficult outward environments, we still have power to feel better inwardly. Even though the things that are causing our stress are sometimes beyond our control, the stress that's happening is a cycle that happens in our body. Their book is focused on how to complete an emotion cycle instead of getting stuck in the middle of feeling stressed and having it drag on in perpetuity. And we can deal with that stress that's happening in our body in a separate process than the process we use to deal with the things that cause our stress. This is where self-care comes into play. Things such as exercise, breathing, spending time with friends. But these interventions aren't to fix the stressors that cause burnout. Those are social. They're to help get you out of fight or flight mode. It's the fact that it's a social thing in your work means you can do something about it. You know, a lot of time, you know, your boss or your line manager might say, well, listen, we can't give you more money. We can't give you more time off. Um, And sometimes they can't. And and these things are difficult. 
But what they can do is they can work with you and your colleagues to change the way you work um, in a way that makes you feel, you know, less stressed, less burnt out. It's interesting to me that burnout research is entirely focused on work. And yet there has been what the Atlantic Olga Kazan and others have called burnout creep, which is using the word burnout in situations that extend beyond our jobs. Parenting burnout, volunteering burnout, being burnt out on your favorite food. We are using it as a synonym for anything that we've lost joy in. So do you think that maybe a lot of people feel mentally exhausted and they want to understand why that is or have a word for it? I think it's become very popular, but it, it can be quite useful as well. So, I mean, we, we don't need to get into a sort of very unhelpful academic debate about, you know, are you, you know, do you have all the symptoms of burnout? I think what's important at a practical level is, you know, how, you know, how can a person tell if they're burned out and what can they do about it? After thinking about it, I've decided that as far as frameworks go for understanding our frustrations, exhaustion, and malaise, I can think of worse ones. And that's because burnout, as it was originally conceived, is a social problem. It's not that you're tired of parenting or volunteering for no reason. It's probably because you're not getting enough help and you don't feel like you're making an impact. You're not in control of your schedule or what you're doing. You can't take on the job of feeling better all by yourself. We need help and we need to help each other. It rarely happens just in one person. If you're feeling burned out, it's quite likely that people around you or people you work with are having similar feelings as well. For Science Quickly, this is Shayla Love. Science Quickly is produced by Chulika Bose, Jeff Delvisio, and edited by Timmy Broderick. Music is by Dominic Smith. Subscribe to Science Quickly for updated and in-depth science news.